Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Um, I apologize for uh, missing uh, last week, uh, but it gave me more time to uh, get more into the singular game that I have played over the last month. Um, <laughs> but I am, as always, uh, joined by uh, Tom and Jen. How are you guys doing? Hello. Doing good. Doing I'm, well. I'm glad to see that the podcast did not fall apart without me. <laughs> So don't worry, don't worry Mark. We've we've done this once or twice. <laughs> a few times. And um yeah, so this week uh we are joined by our very good friend, uh Jonathan, um, who specifically asked me to be on this for our retro roulette game that we're gonna be mentioning at the end. But we always like to have Jonathan on when we uh talk about these wide, you know, announcements that happen. So Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to talk about the first Souls game. Souls game. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, so, um, as always, um, let's start off with uh, what we've been playing. Um, I Let's start with our guest, Jonathan. All right. First game, I, well, I have to briefly mention, feel obligated to mention that I'm back into Elder Scrolls Online and Destiny, both kind of nice. at the same time. Nice. Um, and shout outs to Jen's cousin. <laughs> for <Yep. laughs> not kicking me out of the Elder Scrolls Guild. Um, <laughs> and then things I've been playing. First of all, Theatrhythm. The, yeah. um, this is hands down the, fi- the best Final Fantasy game because it has I all take. of the... <laughs> I really don't think it is because what's good about Final Fantasy is the character design, the monster design, and the music. Like Those are the best things about every Final Fantasy game. And this is just that. All of them, <laughs> all together. Um, my, you have a your party is going to be something like Lightning, Lady Aranea, Pain, and Ferris. Just <laughs> fantastic character designs all around. Um, anyway, the other thing that I want to talk about is Muvlove Alternative, which is a visual novel. Um, so the this is the third game in the series. The first game is a rom-com set in a high school, and it's just like, it's like a dating sim. Yeah. <laughs> the second game... You have Mark's attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the second game is an alternate world where they're all mech pilots. Like, their high school is no longer a high school. It's a military you have, base. You have okay. my attention. <laughs> <laughs> then the second game ends with uh, they fail in their mission, and all of humanity dies in front of their eyes, um, like, and then the third game is um, the a time loop of the second game. The protagonist starts over in the beginning with some of the memories from what happened before, and um, like of the previous two games. Uh, and the whole game is about um, him dealing with the fact that he saw all of humanity die in front of his eyes, like they were trying to escape in spaceships, which were shot down. Um, and then, like, throughout the game, he is doing better because he has this extra knowledge, but um, still makes mistakes and, like, still, like, uh, close friends and, like, important characters and whatever die in front of him as a result of his mistakes. It is, this is so good. It is fantastic. It is, I have not seen a sequel do something that, like, I have not seen a series change so wildly between the games. Because remember, this starts as just like a regular dating sim. <laughs> wow. 
That's a good point. I, I was waiting for you to say the third game had a monster to chase you just so we could get Jenna on board. I know. I was waiting either for that or like ghosts or something. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's a dating sim. De Jen's on board already. Let's be serious. <laughs> I um, might be. I did play the Dead by Daylight one. So, yeah. I'm going to send I, you a link to yeah, the, I, what the aliens look like in yeah, that I know, game. I know exactly what you mean. You know, when. When a game, you know, can there's a fine line between, you know, changing and getting off the, you know, uh, you know, path or feeling uh, of the previous games, and then also the other side of being way too close to the previous game. And from what you read, um, they at least seem to keep at least the core thing is I think you have like the same group of people or the same types of group of yeah. people it's together. The characters yeah. basically just yeah, in so, alternate worlds yeah they just keep the theme together of those characters and just more outlandish situations which is why i believe it works from just just hearing your summary of it um and it's not like something where like where you have the the chance at a big miss like you do with a with a final fantasy when it changes stuff um because you're not bringing anything over to bring you know um old players back from the previous game um it's always a you know, cross your fingers every time with a new story there. But yeah, yeah. I, I love games that take chances. So yeah, um, really yeah. quick. Jen said that the aliens from um, this game look like our real monsters, which yeah. I think I agree with that. <laughs> that's pretty good. Just the, the first couple of images I'm seeing. That's reminded me of it. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Um, oh, I saw a photo. Of, apparently they made zip up hoodies to make you look like these aliens. I saw that too. <laughs> That's pretty uh, good, right? But yeah, yeah. That is there. Um, have you have you gotten far in this one, or did you beat it yet? Or um, it's like, a this is it is a very long visual novel, but okay. I am close to the end. Nice, good. Yeah, to just hear the way you're talking about it and being close to the end means they've done their job <laughs> in terms of fans of the series. Yeah, but yeah. Um, anything else? Or nope. That's everything that's I got. All right. Um, let's go to, uh, yeah, let's, let's just keep it. Let's go to Tom. Okay. So as you heard on the last podcast, I finished breath of the wild, which allowed me to start my tears of the kingdom playthrough. And I already have thoughts. So Mark, this is probably going to go against everything you're going to say, but I had to start the game over twice because I'm I interested got to see why, because I got, I went the wrong direction. And I got stuck in an area that I could not get out of because I had not learned the uh, I had not learned the correct uh, abilities to get out. So okay. after you exit the first, uh, what do you call what? What are they called in this one? The the temp not the temples, but They're the shrines. Uh, the shrines. They're shrines still. Yeah. Um, the, the little the little thing that that looks like a uh, goatsy. Right. Know? So I exited the first shrine. And you know in the beginning how they show you, oh, you can just walk to the edge of something and then jump off. I did that. But in doing that, it sent me the complete wrong direction because it was just like, oh, you need to go to these two different uh, shrines to get to get the power to open up the, the door. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I see them. I'm just going to walk to them because that's what you normally do. Yeah. And I just jumped off the, the ledge into the water like it showed me how to do in the in the beginning. And then I just didn't I didn't go the way I was supposed to go. 
and I got stuck. So I had to, luckily I didn't have to restart all the way. I just went back to a save before I jumped down and I couldn't get back up again. But I basically had to restart. I had to start back from that beginning part. And I actually had to pull up a walkthrough because I was like, I'm missing something here. Clearly, I am not doing something right. And this is the one thing that Zelda games they annoy me, that I could possibly do something that would ruin the experience immediately just because I wasn't told where which direction to go. And I did something that they just showed me how to do. I like, want to talk about this more when we um, get to the like retro roulette game, because... Yeah, I also it's have a, thoughts about walkthroughs with Zelda games. It's a Zelda, it's a trope. It's a thing that happens to me all the time in Zelda games. I go the wrong direction, I screw something up, then I gotta like restart or re redo what I just did because I did it in the wrong order. But yeah, but I the game is fun. I'm not gonna take that away from it. The game is still fun. I those those type of things just irk me a bit when it comes to open world style games because clearly there is a direction it wants you to go because you can, every time you go to a different area, you talk to the, the, the ghost or whatever, the spirit, yeah. um, to, to guide you along. And I didn't know that I, I turn on the, the, the walkthrough. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know you talked to this guy again. So, <laughs> because the way I went, he wasn't yeah. there. So, and there was nothing telling me, Oh, he's over here. That's, like in an open world game, I need a little bit of direction. Otherwise, I'm just going to go do what I want to do, and it's going to throw me in the wrong way. Anyway, enough ranting. <laughs> I'm enjoying it still, but there are things like that that bother me. That's uh, and I, I'm sure I will we'll say I think you'll have more fun once you get off the tutorial island. I'm sure, but the fact that I got lost in the tutorial island is not not didn't make me feel great. Let's just put it at that. Yeah, that's about a three to four hour thing anyway up there, depending on how much you want to do. Well, it's now taken me like six hours because I've had to redo things over and over again. Yeah. Um, and I'm still in that area, but I'm about to get through it and get up to the, the second shrine and then go back. So it's just, you know, I, I have limited time. So at this point of my life, I kind of have to pull up a walkthrough to get me through these shorter these sections that don't really have story in order to get to the fun stuff but, but yeah i mean like i said yeah the, the game is still fun and the putting the stuff together and stuff that's fun uh but i just have to get to the the meat of the game all right so playing anything else diablo 4 all right I, Ooh, nice i just picked up diablo 4 oh, i and Diablo 4 is like the total opposite. Like I can just, I can jump into Diablo 4. I know that left click attacks, I know the right click attacks. And I know that I have four attacks on my buttons. None of that changed. All that works the same. It's just a different setting, a different story. And it, I can just jump in and play it. And it tells me where I need to go. I know I sound like a five-year-old here, but sometimes it's nice to have a marker on your screen every once in a while. Do you feel like... Um, forever games like Diablo are easier for you now that you're a parent since it you don't have like a fixed amount of story that you need to get through? Yes, because I can jump in and jump out at any point and I don't have to I, I don't have to like dedicate it an hour to try to get through the next part of the story. Well, at so, least as long as you have an internet connection. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll mention that, but yes. 
Yeah, I have an internet connection, so I don't have to worry about that. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, I, it looks great. It plays great so far. I got through like the first little area, like the yeah. the tutorial, I guess you'd call it. But uh, so far, so good. Yeah. So um, I don't know if Jen has this. Do you have any Diablo stuff in your news? No, I don't. Okay. So I don't know if, if any of you have seen the um, the thing that happened uh, on like the second or third day um, with Diablo. For. So they have a whole new section that's like permadeath, um, hardcore mode. Yeah, the hardcore mode. Yeah. yeah. And apparently um, somebody, there was a race amongst all the, you know, you know, Diablo players and that thing to get up to level 100 first in the hardcore mode. Yeah, I think and there was a, I think you got a special, something so, special from, from Blizzard. So somebody got up to 100, got that. And then within minutes, the server's cut off and his character died. Ugh. Because that's what happens when the server cuts off. Your character dies. That sucks. And uh, it's it, really shitty. Yeah, it's not like it resets to a save. No, dead. And it's the permadeath server. So, yeah. And what everybody investigated and found out is it looks like on day one or two, um, I didn't read the specifics of it, but it feels like day one or two, they pushed a patch through to fix something, and the patch just knocked everybody offline without warning. So, a whole bunch of permadeath characters died because they didn't, like, do that little warning you get um, when you're playing PC, especially. You know, it says... There is one issue I have with the game. Yeah. You can't pause. Yeah. yeah. Dark Souls. (laughs) Dark Souls, Destiny, anything like that. Because it's always online, you can't pause. That's the one thing that is a little annoying but like i said you can jump in and jump out as anywhere you want so it's not a huge deal but uh it you know it it wasn't great yeah Yeah. the the only thing i hope is for that guy that he got whatever special thing that was given to the first person before you know blizzard killed him i would hope they would give him his character back i don't know if they would but i I would hope but I would hope that they would do that for him. Yeah, it's the risk you take being an early adopter on the permadeath hardcore server. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Diablo always looks like one of those games I want to play, but I'm like, you know, um, I tend to play those games, have some fun for like a week or a month, and then just walk away from them. Um, they, they're one of those, they're, again, they're one of those games that are more fun when you're playing with people. Yeah. So... I feel like if you you can get through it by yourself and play it by yourself fine, yeah. but if you're playing with another person, it definitely adds to because everything level like everything scales. Yeah, when you have more than one person, so, so it makes it uh, a bit more interesting. So you heard it here first. Uh, the four of us are doing a Diablo Four stream together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm down for that. <laughs> I don't play Diablo or Blizzard games for ethical reasons and also yeah. because my blizzard account the two factor is my ex-girlfriend from 2013's Ooh. phone number Ooh. so i'm not getting that account back <laughs> <laughs> do, do you ever just feel the need to just push a two factor through randomly <laughs> <laughs> just, just just a little bit um yeah oh, um <laughs> uh so uh Moving on, Jen. Yep. What have you been playing? Um, so the usual is Dead by Daylight, which I've gotten a lot more into within the past week. Um, VHS, 
demonologist, seven days to die, the usuals. Um, I played a little bit of Witchet and Killer in the Cabin, which are newer games for me. I think okay. I, I talked about them on the last episode, but um, Witchet is like a prop hunt type game of hide and seek where you okay. have witches that can um, basically transform into objects around the map and hide. And then you have um, the, I forget, I forget what they're called, hunters, which they're kind of like work looking guys and they have to try to find you. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a very simple little game but it's it's tons of fun to play with friends yeah i saw um, a lot of potential in prop night when i've seen that streamed so yeah i, it, it's I haven't sort really of taking that yes very similar to that i haven't really seen um a lot of gameplay of that but i've i've imagining that there's a lot of parallels there um so that game is really fun and then killer in the cabin is the other newer one it's pretty much like among us with much better graphics where there's also a survival element aside from not getting murdered by the hidden killer you also have to survive the cold um not starve to death not you know become so dehydrated you die and not so exhausted that you die so it's it's really fun because there's an in-game chat and everyone usually starts out all confident and then as the time ticks down everyone gets extremely like wary of each other and yeah. <laughs> it's really funny it turns um, into the thing. Yes, it's it definitely turns into the thing. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, so that's been fun too. And and people have all different strategies, which is very interesting to run into someone in game that has a totally different strategy you haven't even come across yet. Like my one friend was the killer and he just like whipped out a weapon and started murdering everyone. And like everyone was so unprepared because we're all so used to being strategic that he won. And we're like, oh my God, okay. I guess you won. You're the killer. Um, but it's been fun doing that as well. Um, and then the other game that I just got into literally yesterday is a blast from the past. And that is tiny Tina's wonderlands. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I picked that back up because a friend, um, and fellow streamer lands leader, he was playing and he asked if I had it and I was like, yeah, but I haven't played it in literally a year. So I booted it back up. My inventory is atrocious. <laughs> but you know that's that's how it goes. <laughs> so it was fun. I forgot how hectic that game is. Um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's great. I played that for a few hours. So I think whenever he boots it up and he's looking for a teammate, I might pop back in. But um, that's pretty much it. A lot of the a lot of usuals and a couple new stuff. And for me, I've been I've been playing Diablo four, and I had to get out a strategy guide to be able to play. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> No, I've been literally for an entire month playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, um, or it, yeah, it's been a, it's been almost a month. Yeah, um, yeah. The the interspace with playing sports games, so I don't go completely crazy. But um, yeah, I as Tom was right, I I think that tutorial alone, while slightly boring in the most part, but they had to like teach you the stuff, you know, and essentially. Um, depending on what you want to do. As soon as you get Ultra Hand, um, sometimes it gets fun to figure out ways to, like, break the game um, in that sense, you know, putting all the things together and stuff. Just, you know, this puzzle involves you doing all this intricate stuff, but uh, why don't I just put nine logs together and then and lean that up against a wall? Oh, there I am. I'm at the end. Um, you know, sort of dumb things like that. Um, I totally enjoy. I built a... Um, there's this one part going towards one of the first... Um, uh, you know, big, big uh, main story quest, and you're supposed to like 
sort of fly in from a side, like parachute in to get across this broken bridge. And I literally just built a uh, a sixteen, uh, well, sixteen logs, eight like long. They were side by side bridge, and just walked across the opening, um, and totally like broke away from a a main part of the game. But I think one of the main things I love is the fusion thing is real fun um, for me. Um, you know, just you know, not hoping to get a good weapon, you sort of start to know what monster parts and stuff are really good for the fuse. Um, and you just, when you pick up a weapon, you immediately go and fuse it with what you know is good. Um, the weapon durability doesn't bother me too much. Um, the, I feel that the combat is slightly better, um, than in Breath of the Wild. Not, not like a, um, whole lot, um, better. It's basically the same stuff, but they add some little nuances in, um, especially with the powers you get to sort of, um, you know, uh, give you alternate things if you're trying to scurry away. Um, and uh, yeah, I like the, I like the, I like the variety of the, uh, of all the shrines so far. I think I've done about 50 of them. Um, and they all seem to be, you can, it's not like Breath of the Wild, which if you remember Jen and Tom, um, each, each one had to be done specifically, you know, like there's only one way to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, in Breath of the Wild, if you can figure out any combination of your powers, you can um, get it. I literally, so there was this one where I'm going to try to be as vague as possible so I don't spoil anything for you, Tom, in terms of it. But there's this one where you have these boats across the water. You're supposed to figure out a way to get a ball across using the boats. Um, but there is a, you go up a ladder and there's a ledge above the water that you can walk across to get to the other side once you send the ball across. And instead of figuring out what to do with the ball in the water, I just piled the boats on top of each other, put the ball on top of that, and then went up on the ledge and picked the ball up and just walked it over. Um, and completely, you know, completely broke the puzzle. Um, so that's it's one of 120 shrines, 150, something like that, um, that they have in the game. Um, but it just shows you that if you just use Ultra Hand a lot, you can sort of have some fun um, in the game. Um, I'm three of, you know, three of the main story quests done. I'm done the secondary quest, uh, which means I get the, sorry about the spoilers, Tom. I got the master sword. I mean, you get the master sword at the beginning, so it's not that much of a, (laughs) not not that much of a, uh, spoiler. And you also get the master sword in every game almost. So, um, yeah, so I finished that quest, which I immediately texted you, and I was like, when I was like trying to be as vague, I was like, when you get this story quest, you need to finish it. You know, like go do that first, because um, it's 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 one of the best things I've seen had in this uh, experiences I had in a Zelda game in a while. So after um, you didn't spoil it, you now are completely spoiling it for Tom <laughs> and everyone else. What's that? He didn't say. He didn't say what to oh, do. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. I didn't say what to do. Um. I just and I didn't tell I didn't say what I texted Tom which quest to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's one you'll know it immediately if, you, if you've been playing it. Um, uh, trust me, go do that one. Um, I love the way it integrates. Um, you know the different um, you know ways to to reuse the Breath of the Wild you know map because it's essentially the same place. Um, um, you know, because it's that's how they can make it so quickly and so efficiently is that, you know, using the same assets again. 
um, sort of a Majora's Mask type thing. Um, but it's fun in how they f- switch that around and flip it up and give you some surprises. Um, even for people I've seen that like put thousands of hours into Breath of the Wild. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of surprises that I'm trying. I'm keeping out um, for Tom. But um, yeah, I am. I am really happy. Um, I just got my first weapon and infused it with something that gave me 90 sword power. So I am excited to be getting into assuming late game um, where I'm at. But yeah, I, I'm. I now realize that I have to start grinding uh, for stuff if I want to start building really ridiculous mechs. Um, in this game because you need a whole lot of, of power um, to have them run more than two seconds. As If you tried to watch the stream on Monday, um, you saw I tried to build some bottle, battle bots and just didn't have enough energy to make them useful because they would die really quickly. Um, and yeah, so it's fun. Um, story's still good. You can still tell a little bit of the, you know, it's still a little, got a little bit of kids game in it um, in some parts. Um, while while still knowing that the audience is older, in a sense. But yeah, so far, obviously, there's a couple other games coming out this year that had the chance to unseat it, but I could see myself playing this game all year, um, just getting through um, and just just building stuff and seeing how good of an engineer I am. Uh, So yeah, Uh, yeah, just uh, uh, if you don't mind spoilers, there's a lot of really good TikToks out there of people having fun with the building. Um, and yeah, highly recommend it. Surprise, surprise, uh, <laughs> from me. Um, but yeah, I am, I am curious to see if the other two games that are, you know, well, I guess technically three, because I think a game we're going to talk about in our main topic um, comes out this year too, but definitely Final Fantasy and, you know, uh, 16 and, um, you know, and Starfield, you know, have the opportunity to at least compete with this. Um, and if Goodbye Volcano High comes out, then that has a that has a shot as well. Um, the Dark Horse. But, <laughs> the Dark Horse. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been playing, uh, specifically. Um, as I just mentioned, I might have more to talk about next week if I need to take breaks, because I just got my uh, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Switch physical copy in the mail. So I have six Final Fantasy games, and it came to the conclusion, as I mentioned pre-stream, um, I think I have all six cop all, like, one through ten, and then uh, twelve, thirteen, and fifteen, all physical. Um, and you know, I'm not going to count the spinoffs of, even though I do have ten two physical. But you know, um, I don't have Lightning Returns physical. That's the only I one. I got you, um, beat, Mark. I have, I have thirteen two and Lightning Returns. Yeah, yeah, I have two, but not Lightning Returns. Pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure they've never been open. <laughs> Yeah, I don't open Lightning Returns. Um, But, yeah, so that'll be fun to maybe have something else to talk about. Who knows? Maybe I'll just play another full two weeks of Zelda. Um, But uh, before we get to our big topic, um, which is essentially a news topic on its own, um, I know, Jen, you probably have some other stories that um, were not uh, brought to us by Jeff Keighley. Yes, I do. Um, so I guess starting out with some unfortunate news for any gamers who are fans of the horror game Friday the 13th, the game, um, publisher Gun Media has announced that the license that they own for Friday the 13th is expiring on December 31st of this year, which will essentially mark the end of this game. Um, so they explain that basically this means the game will no longer be available for purchase starting on that date. 
both digitally and through physical storefronts. Um, but the game will actually remain playable through at least December 31st of 2024. Um, although it's unclear when exactly the game may become completely unplayable. They haven't really said yet, but they said at least until December 31st of 2024. Um, and, then, and then in January 1st, 2025, it'll just become uh, Monday the 15th with uh, Mask <laughs> Machete Killer. That would be pretty funny. Does it, does it look like, no, this isn't like anybody. No, just Mask Machete Killer. What are you Just generic about? hockey goalie killer. <laughs> um. They also announced that they are dropping the price of the game. So the base game down is going to come down to $4.99. And then each piece of DLC that people want to purchase will be $0.99 cents each. Um, and again, these things will all be available for purchase until they delist the game from all storefronts on December 31st of this year. So I find it wild that they're still charging money, even though they know the game's going to go away. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is. It, it yeah. feels weird, but yeah, I, I, yeah I, I know they need to make money, but it just it feels weird. It feels yeah. a little. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the DLC. If you're just going to charge a dollar for it, you might as well just make it free with the purchase mm -hmm. of the game. Um, uh, but then again, they might make a, they might make more money because people go, oh, it's only a dollar. I'll buy all fifteen cosmetics. <laughs> right, right, uh, and not realize it. Um, yeah. but but the only thing I disagree with you, Tom, is that. Um, I can see them still selling the game for four ninety nine. Um, they literally, it, it, it's not unprecedented in a situation like this. Like I remember when the original Alan Wake was getting delisted because of music licenses going away. They just marked that down to like three ninety nine until the very end. They never like went any lower. Yeah. But so I, just, I, I know they, yeah. they, they still need to make money. But it just, yeah. I mean, the, I think, the thing that ahead. annoys me most is that you could purchase a game on a disc and you could have someone tell you, yeah, you can't, it's just not going to, you can't play that anymore. That's why I, I really dislike games as a service. Uh, just for reasons like this, like a, a license expires. So yeah, we're especially a, a multiplayer game like this. Capitalism, baby. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, a nice just, feeling. it's, uh, it's, it's real shitty. It's real shitty. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. you, did you want to jump in Jonathan? I don't, sorry. Cut you off. No, um, I didn't have much to add, but um, Tom, this is also a big thing with racing games, right? Because they've got so much licensed music, 100%. so they have to stop selling them. <laughs> yeah, after a certain period of time. Yeah, yeah, like Forza. I want to say Forza Horizon two and three are both delisted at this point. You can still play them, but they're delisted because of uh, car licenses and music licenses. But yeah, a lot of Need for Speed games have been delisted because of. Uh, expired licenses too so mm -hmm. it's just a shitty thing but yeah it would be nice god at least you can still play those games this one right. it'll just go away yeah going off of that it would be nice if i mean i've never played this game but i'm assuming they probably have like a custom match option where you could play with friends in like a private setting if they would even at least let you do that with the yeah. cd that you own or you know like the digital copy that you own that would be nice yeah, yeah i'm i'm yeah. sure you'll be a, you would there's going to be ways to figure that out. Um, yeah, maybe it depends. Like if the whole, if the game is like, you must be online constantly in order to, you know, like connected to the servers, you might not be yeah. able to. Yeah. If it needs to hit, if it needs to ping something, right. You might not be able to work around servers going down. Yeah. That's where yeah. the community comes in and they, they build a custom community server. Yeah. yeah. That would be and, great. And just hope there's no pri uh, proprietary, like 
signal that needs to be hit for it to yeah. play. You yeah. know, not that I know that exists. I am not any way versed in technology. Yeah. I, a lot of times the people can find a way to reverse engineer that kind of thing or whatever so that the game will be playable. But ideally, the company would um, give some details of like what you need to do in order to build a custom server or a private server yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. So that they don't have to do nearly as much work in order to or on the company's behalf effectively. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so disappointing to hear. Um, just in case anyone listening has no idea what kind of game this is, it launched in 2017 and then um, hit the Switch in 2019. It's an asymmetrical horror, very similar to Dead by Daylight. Um, now, interestingly, uh, I believe literally the day before this was announced by Publisher Gun Media on Twitter, um, a new Friday the 13th game all of a sudden appeared in the news. Um, now, this hasn't officially been announced, but it comes from a very reliable source, and that is Harry Manfredini, who composed the scores for not only the horror franchise, but also the 2017 game. Um, so he was being interviewed by RelyOnHorror.com, and he told them that he's been hired to work on this new Friday the 13th game. Um, he basically didn't give much information on it, because I don't know if he really even knows much but he said that it's being developed by another company so it's not um gun media and he said it features more realistic characters and it's done in a totally different style so it's not going to be that asymmetrical style that the 2017 game had um i'm wondering so, yeah, if it's going to be story based it could be or... like a single player type game um but yeah he didn't give any other details but it's interesting to hear that this surfaced right before the license for the other one ran out so it kind of makes sense this whole pattern that we're seeing here um, my, money yeah i was gonna say my understanding is that um a lot of leaks about video games come from like uh, movie people or music people or whatever because <laughs> they're just not used to everything being as yeah. <laughs> secretive as it is in the video game industry yeah and, like if true. somebody is in a movie they will just say oh yeah i'm gonna be in this movie and people just aren't weird about it <laughs> um, whereas with video games, it's like, no, we can't uh, announce that we're making the second right. part of Final Fantasy VII Remake, even though everybody knows we are working on the second part of Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. It's extremely important that we not tell them we're working on the thing that they know that we're working on. Yeah, a fun and example I mean, of that is uh, Jeff Gersman mentioned on this Game Fest watch along that like three weeks ago, he got an email to sign up to see in the Untitled Warner Brothers game. And he was like, I'm pretty sure I know what game that is. Mm. <laughs> and then he put it down and, you know, it's, it, it would be MK1, um, you know. And he's like, they specifically came to me with Untitled Warner Brothers game. Like, just tell me what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. another big one that just happened but somehow didn't get leaked was Nathan Fillion coming back in Destiny 2. So it's amazing how sometimes they can keep that secret and sometimes they really can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That I mean, we saw what happened with the whole Nick Cage leak from Dead by Daylight. Like, you didn't even have to be a DBD fan in the hashtag, you know, algorithm on Twitter to find out about that. That happened so quickly. But then other things, you're like, how did they keep that a secret for so long? It's impressive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So interesting. Um, yeah. Um, now I had planned on just talking about Friday the Thirteenth. Um, sunsetting but unfortunately as of four hours ago i got some even worse news 
that hits home very personally for me. And that is VHS is coming to an end now as well. Yeah. I'm I'm really upset. Thank you. I, I actually had just found out about it. So as soon as the news dropped, two of my friends that I play with messaged me at the exact same time. Like, did you see the news? And then Dan walks in the door from, from um, work and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I thought you were about to cry. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to cry, but I'm sad. Like, you know, this game is one of my favorite games. So um, they basically tweeted, um, Hellbent Games tweeted out, um, I'll paraphrase it. They basically said after two betas and it pretty much being in early access for about a year, they decided that they're just going to sunset the game, um, even though it means so much to everyone in the community. They wanted to transition to peer-to-peer matchmaking with the game. And then, you know, over the next three months, they're going to be ending live services. Um, So this is another example of a game that you cannot play once they totally shut it down um, because the servers are going down and it won't be possible at all. Um, They're delisting it from Epic and Steam um, on September 28th, which really sucks. And it is a free-to-play game already. So um, they're basically saying, you know, I, I haven't logged in within the past four hours to check. But they said that they're removing DLCs, fan bucks, bundles, which is like their um, game currency, in-game currency. And any founders packs, which were like, I think they ranged from $25 or $30 up to $100. And it's basically like if you're on Kickstarter and you're backing a project, that's what the founders packs were. You got a ton of exclusive stuff with it. Um, So they're deactivating any kind of purchases that you can make. And they're giving players a code to use to give them... um, like 50, I think it was like 50,000 points that you can redeem things with for free in game to like enjoy the last few months, which is nice, but it really sucks that they're basically saying they don't have the money to keep the game going. And, um, you know, they appreciate everyone's support, but they figured that, you know, this was the best course of action, that they just needed to shut it down. So a lot of people are really upset. I wish that there was a way to continue playing. Like I said before, if we could just boot up custom games and play with our friends, that would be great. But if you don't have the server to ping to and there's no other way around it, then it's just, it's lost forever. And I'm really sad. They they put so much work into that game. Like the, the graphics, the, the maps, the characters, they had so much in the works that were supposed to come out. It's just, it feels really out of nowhere. But at the same time, not really, because the last few weeks I've noticed it's taken forever to get a match. Um, I think last night there was only seven people on all of Twitch that was streaming it. So, I mean, it's it's really unfortunate. I feel like personally, if they launched for console, if they came out of early access a lot sooner, um, they might have had a chance if they did more marketing and commercial type stuff they they might have had a chance to spread the word about the game but it just kind of it lost its luster really quickly with people and i have noticed a ton of really hardcore dead by daylight fans like shitting on the game constantly review bombing it um if you go on twitter and you just click through the thread there's a ton of comments from those people like lol like ggs bye you know you didn't you didn't kill dead by daylight like you wanted to and that was never the intention of this game they definitely coexisted peacefully with each other you know it, it just it sucks so it, it's so weird to me how those style things still happen like the the, the console wars are are over yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to like not everybody's out to kill another thing 
Right. Yeah. Anybody can have, you know, fun playing a similar style game that right. you don't want to play. Yeah. Why who why did they have to try to kill Dead by Daylight? They get very they as you have said, they're very different games. They're just yeah. it's just wild to me that people still have that. But how could you mentality. feel superior to someone else, Tom? Yeah, yeah you well, can't just to, let people enjoy things. <laughs> you have to cling to whatever you can. They have to they have to know that their thing won. Right. Yeah. Basically what yeah. they Every, they need to know. Everything is sports nowadays. Yep. They got their their thing has to be the superior thing. And yeah. Nobody else can have fun. Yep. So really sad news. Um again, September eighth of this year, um, BHS will be shut down completely. So um Again, it's free to play if anyone wants to download it and try it out. And it's literally your last chance. Um, and yeah, let us know if anyone listening plays it for the first time and has thoughts on it. I'd love to hear it. But yeah, RIP. RIP Friday the 13th and VHS. We'll never. So what's it. going to be the third game? Because things die in three. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find mm. out. All right. Yeah. Is that it? all for the news? Or Oh, no, I have a couple more things. Okay, um, but the way so, you were sad and running out. Like, I know. <laughs> well, I was going to say that part last, and then it made more sense to just loop it in with the Friday the 13th, because yeah. it's the same thing anyway. So moving on to an interesting topic. Um, Apple has made headlines this week. Obviously oh, yes. not just... I, I know you're excited to talk about this. God. Not just for the tech world, obviously, but really all over the news. And that's because they just announced that they are releasing a highly technologically advanced headset that they are calling the Apple Vision Pro. Um, I'm going to go through like a few things about it and then you guys can jump in and like agree, disagree, get, like give your thoughts. I think there's a the like meme I'm trying to find. Doing. I found it. All right. Okay. Okay. We're good. <laughs> so it looks like a VR headset, but they're refusing to call it a VR headset. They are calling it a spatial reality headset because it takes augmented reality, such as your apps and movies and images and video games, and mixes them with the world around you so you can see around you what you're looking at and view other people that you're in the room with and the actual room itself if that makes sense basically it looks like you have a giant tv floating in front of you yeah, but this is less, reality yeah, yeah this is less than vr and is a thing you can do with a piece of cardboard and your phone <laughs> <laughs> yes so one of the biggest reasons that this has made news aside from the technological things that i'll go through in a second is because it starts at $3,499. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I believe um, Tim Cook said it was $34.99. Yes, $34.99. I wish. <laughs> I would have I would have snatched that up so fast. Um, so basically, I'll walk you through. I, I went through a bunch of articles from people who were able to test it out when this was announced. Real, so, real quick. Yes. I didn't watch the, the show what would did anybody any of you guys watch it like i would love yeah. to hear what the reaction was no, i i just saw a clip on twitter from when he was on a morning show the day after and he said oh it'll cost 34.99 <laughs> no i didn't oh. i didn't watch the actual show but i saw no. the commercial for it that they aired with so the announcement the, the meme that i was trying to find is um so the apple vision pro costs $3,499 for that same price, you could instead get a 4K Ultra 144 FPS PC and a VR headset, the um, MetaQuest 2, 
and a thousand McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the smarter deal is to get um, literally the best PC you can buy, as well as the best and most popular VR headset. And a, and a thousand chicken nuggets. And, and, and the best and most popular getting, chicken nuggets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> instead of getting uh, these goggles, which will you can't do anything with. But okay. So, so yeah. there were two great things I saw online. One, uh, former, I might still be in journal, I'm sure, former uh, journalist who's far, um, Arthur Grice, uh, tweeted, my friends were telling me this was $3,500. And I saw this photo. I was like, oh, that's better. And it was the photo that just says $34.99. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and the other one was the talking about the one thing with it where it projects your eyes on the front of it. Um, so that, you know, it's not like when you're watching someone with a quest, you know, you're yeah. just looking at the thing. It sort of like frequently makes it look like it's your eyes on, mm -hmm. on, on the headset. And someone said, there is a better than average chance that someone will die wearing this headset, but the eyes oh. will be... Oh my god! Still on the face, and I'm like, that's such a dark reality, but that will happen. <laughs> that will happen. Well, yeah. I want to say that Mike, the Microsoft project, uh, what the hell was it called? That was uh, I forget what it was called, but that was they they were calling it our, you know, the AR our, Right, but this is essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the difference with the um, at least from what I understand from at least the Microsoft is. They were, it was more looking to be like a Microsoft thing than an Xbox thing, like sort of yeah, like, yeah, it wasn't going to be right, it wasn't you know. built for to be an Xbox thing, it was purely a Microsoft thing. Why yeah, can't like I remember what the hell it was stuff. called? But, but it was um, AR, it was the same yeah. type of thing. It was a, it was like a goggle or a glasses type thing where mm -hmm. you could still see everything around you and it would overlay stuff onto yeah. real world stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. this is also five time, more than five times the price of Google Glass when that was yeah. available. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's my that's my one other real serious thought on this is that Apple is so knows the early adopters will be there for the most part, which I have a fun story about that after um, I make my serious point. But um, they really seem to be like hit or miss with knowing where the price is for the thing they put out, um, like and like being ahead of the game um you know like you do your the you know the first big three things they did you know in terms of tablet phone you know music player hit the nail on the head had the right price they they put it up as time went along got the early adopters on um and then the apple watch was you know not was too high for what the quality was when it first came out i hear it's much better now um but you know, and and all the other, you know, little things that they put out and then, you know, they're supposed to have a gaming controller and then, all, you know, and then they just, they seem to be hit or miss um, on knowing how to make something, you know, work and then hit the early adopters. Um, and I, I feel this might be a miss here from them just for some of the fun reactions I've seen on videos of like, you know, the big time Apple streamers and like, you know, we do watch alongs for video games. They do the same thing for every Apple press conference. And it was like, oh, this is great. And then they dropped the price and the guy was like, ah, oh. like an audible, just like disgust at the price. It had very much the feeling of like the PS3 price drop. Um, when you watch some of those, you know, the audience reaction in that video um, that I think they 
I don't know why it's so much more than than the other stuff. If this was in the 2000 range, I'm like, okay, quality Apple product, you know, that's why it's 2100 or something or 2000. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I think that would still be 10 times the price of a VR headset. Yeah, but it's not 20, 30 times, you know. You can at, they can at least at 1999 make the play that it's it's Apple you're buying the quality quote unquote. Yeah, but it's well, they're still doing that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, but it's 34.99. It just gets ridiculous. Yeah, you know, um, and this better be the most amazing thing with no bugs when it comes out. If you're asking your early adopters to pay 3,500 dollars for it, um, you know, what if I told you that? there could be additional purchases that you need to make in order yeah. to uh, be able to use it. Exactly. Oh that's, that's that's what I mean. This this has got to be the greatest thing ever for the price point they're making it and what you just mentioned. For it to even, you know, not be a thing that gets laughed about in, you know, three to four years like Google Glass. Yeah. You know? Um, I can tell you from the people who are testing it, you have to jump through hoops before you even use it. Um, so you'd basically have to have your face scanned with your iPhone, some app that connects to the headset, and it's like calibrating the device visually and for audio purposes. And then you have to meet with an Apple Vision specialist who sets you up with additional ocular inserts if you wear glasses and don't wear contacts because glasses won't fit under it. Um, and that's an extra cost. It? No, glasses right, won't fit under it. And yep. that's an extra cost if you need that's, the ocular that- inserts. That's already killed a ton of people off from using this thing. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people with glasses want to use these kind of things. And a lot of people that wear glasses don't want to wear contacts. So, yeah. Yep. And the ocular inserts are literally like prescription like yeah, lenses. They're just, I would say they're so. just lenses. They're yeah. just, that's all it's going to be. Yeah. So I don't even want to know how much extra that's going to be. Um, because I can almost guarantee you that insurance will not be covering those lenses. No, no way. No. <laughs> I would be shocked if they did. Not at all. Um, no. Yeah, th- this was the of a time period when ridiculous things get announced. This might be one of the most ridiculous things I've seen in a long time. Yeah, you yeah, know. it's pretty crazy. Um, I've seen like I've seen positive, like a lot of positive feedback from the people who tested it, like. Each eye has basically a 4K display, um, and people are saying, you know, this is the best resolution we've ever seen with a VR-type headset, and there's no latency, and it's really sharp, and, you know, I can walk around the room now and not run into the wall if I'm wearing my headset, and, like, the eye tracking is really easy, and the hand gestures are really simple, Um, and you could take your screen if you're watching a movie, and you could increase it up to as if you're sitting in front of a TV that's 100 feet wide, but... Then, you know, you have the negatives, which we've been talking about, but also there's a feature, like you said, where you could see, um, people could see your eyes, but also you could see them while you're wearing the goggles, right? And the clarity of people's faces that you're looking at when you're wearing them, if they're in a shadowy part of the room, their face loses, like, definition, so they're not as clear. Um, You can't use Face ID with the device on, so you can't really use your phone, essentially. Um, you, can't dis- use the, you can't use the Apple product while you're using the Apple product. Right, right. The display itself, when you're looking through the goggles, um, it dims everything in the room. 
So people were saying when they took the headset off, they were like blinded a little bit by the brightness in the room because it's so much more dim when you're looking through the goggles and you don't realize that after a while. Um, and then there's a really interesting feature. They, it's called an AI generated 3D persona, but everyone just yes. calling it your avatar. <laughs> Oh my so, god. I hope you were mentioned this. Yes. Basically, say you're on like a Zoom call with your coworkers and you're wearing this thing. If they call you, they're not going to see you sitting there with this, you know, headset on. They see your avatar, which is literally the definition of the uncanny valley. It is so mm -hmm. creepy. Most of I the face is frozen except for your eyes, your eyebrows, and your mouth. <laughs> like that's it. It's uh, real weird. I don't know if you guys could hear me rolling my eyes over here. <laughs> I thought yeah. I heard something. Yeah. Uh, so, and that also works for FaceTime calls. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yep. That so... sounds. It sounds like they read um, Ready Player One or like this is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. We should um, totally do this. It's real creepy looking, and obviously, I'm sure you know this isn't 100 percent finalized, but still. And then you have the whole like concept of are we really looking at a future where everyone is permanently behind a screen everything is virtual everyone's going to be sitting next to each other on the couch watching a movie with headsets on like that's so lonely that's so weird yes so i don't know i, I think this is wild <laughs> wild stuff yeah i knew it immediately needed to be talked about on this podcast as soon as i saw yeah everything drop yeah um and i'm glad we held off a week for it Yes. Um, I don't I don't remember when this is supposed to launch. I don't know if you God guys knows. picked it up. I don't even know what they've said. Yeah, none but, of us uh, are even gonna be in the vicinity of it for five years. No, uh, no, not at all. Not, I, but, no, I'm all, saying when the price drops dramatically because no one's buying it. Oh yeah, for sure. The price the price has to come down to about uh <laughs> a tenth of what it is, maybe mm. I will yeah. literally never buy this thing. <laughs> I that's true. Hate it ideologically. I yeah, I hate the idea of it too myself. But mm -hmm. I also hated the idea of an iPad, and now I own I've owned two iPads, so I can't I can't say never. But yeah. I at the moment I can say I don't think I would ever purchase this thing. Yeah, I I don't even mean like us personally buying it. I mean like anybody we know having. Oh, I don't know anybody it, who would It'll want take a good five years, you yeah. know, as the price tanks before. Like, I have Quest 2, you know, because that that price was reasonable, you know, for a VR headset, and you didn't need to connect it to your computer, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's something you can take to the nieces and all that, um, you know? And that was only how long have they been, how long has, you know, Quest been out? Or not Quest, but um, Ocula, you know? Mm. But, yeah, this is ridiculous, and... Uh, I miss the days of really stupid technology announcements yeah. like this. That's, CES that's, used to be great for that. When I was reading through this, uh, like all these articles about this, I had this thought in my head, like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect example of something that we're going to look back on when we're a lot older and be like, remember that stupid thing that came out? Like, that's so ridiculous. I hope anyway, unless yeah. it does become the way of the future. And then we'll be like, oh, remember how great that was? But we it's crazy. Burn the podcast. <laughs> that's right mark it this, down this we episode will things. disappear <laughs> yeah but yeah um so that's that and then moving on twitch is once again an asshole um oh, shocking i know everyone's so surprised 
So on June 6th, Twitch announced yet another change to its terms of service, which this time came as a huge shock to all streamers, specifically those who use advertisements or banners on their overlays, which is practically everyone. Um, so normally, if you're a streamer and you're partnering with a company or you're being sponsored, I'm going to use G Fuel as an example. Um, part of the agreement usually involves you displaying, you know, the G Fuel logo on your screen for the entire stream. Um, on June 6th, Twitch proposed limitations to crack down hard on advertising like this, with the overall feeling being if Amazon can't get a cut of all ad revenue, exactly. then they don't want it on Twitch. So, um, capitalism, the, baby. Capitalism, baby. This change mandated that streamers can no longer have on screen banners advertising videos or audio ads, and the only allowable ads would be either the ones that Twitch inserts themselves or a tiny little logo that cannot take up any more than 3% of total screen space on your overlay. So the absolute outrage that followed was intense, and Twitch absolutely deserved all of it. Um, and people were pissed, obviously, not only for their own revenue purposes, and the fact that Twitch keeps leaning into the whole, we'll just, you know, offset the fact that we take 50% of your revenue by partnering with companies to make sponsor for sponsorships or, you know, use our ads to make more money. But people also brought up the point, this could really hurt charity streams. Um, it can hurt a lot of streams. A lot not, of streams. Not, not just charity, like, well, especially charities, but yes, even like, um, like the game awards. Like they would not be able to run the game awards on a on a Twitch stream because of all the ads that are going to be in it. Yeah, which is the whole thing is an ad, but that's besides the point. Yeah, like you couldn't yeah. you you couldn't do any of this stuff. Yeah, and this I mean this change was announced a day or two after I believe it could have been a little bit longer than this, but the um probably one of the biggest charity marathons on Twitch, which is Games Done Quick. It raises millions of dollars for a bunch of different charities and. You know, that whole thing is, you know, filled with ads from sponsors and donations and competitions to raise money. And, you know, people were like, well, now this type of stream, how is it going to be successful if they can't have sponsors showing their ads or, you know, like keeping track of the donation goals and stuff like that's ridiculous. So unlike our past Twitch stories, this one actually has a happy ending as of today. Um it only took a day for Twitch to respond to the backlash and totally removed this guideline. Completely nixed it. Yeah. They well, basically said, right yeah, they, they took it back so hard. <laughs> they basically said like, oh, we made a boo-boo. That was really bad for you guys. And now we realize that. We're not going to yeah. prevent you from entering into any kind of relationship with your sponsors because we know that sponsors need you to show their ads. Um we're really sorry and you know please click this link to view the update to all of this yeah. so and, yeah. and basically it's probably because somebody didn't realize that a lot of the big streamers that bring in money for people that don't subscribe or have turbo um we're now going to have to figure out what to do like well yeah and, and i was reading you know. a lot of the big streamers um like sponsorships and stuff, they typically reset in June, yeah. the, the terms. So everyone was like, uh, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> we need to be able to plan our careers around this. Like a lot of people do this yeah. for a living. It's just absolute insanity that they even went there for a day. They went there. Yeah. They, and they, they, somebody noticed in the back end that, if, oh, if all these streamers like either leave or stop streaming, 
all the ad revenue we get from them yeah. streaming yeah. that we take from them, the 50% is gone too, yep. you know, for this yep. stupid, you know, thing. Honestly, and also they announced that Turbo went up to 11.99 as well for me mm -hmm. around the yep. same time. So at, at this point, I am seriously debating moving our channel to, to YouTube. Yeah, there's also Kick, which is, I mean, there's like drama surrounding that platform too, but people yeah, are started to say like, oh, let's move to Kick, let's move to Kick. It's just, it's crazy. So basically now they're saying you can still display your on-screen banners or videos or audio ads, large logos, etc. Um, but as of July 1st, they just ask that if you have any kind of branded content. So like, for example, when we do our extra live stream, they consider that branded content. So we would have to go into um, our stream settings and just check a box that says that the stream contains the branded content. And that's that's it. Um, oh, I mean, I, I wonder how many people were confused when they turn into the stream and see extra life all over. The right. Stream. Like, oh, I, I wonder if this is branded or not. Yeah. Yeah. And they they say that doing that causes a tiny little window to pop up in like the upper left hand corner that just tells the viewers like any viewer that joins the stream for the first 10 minutes. It just says like the stream that you're viewing contains branded content and then they can close it after 10 seconds and it's not supposed to pop up for them again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, charity streams, unless you're doing your own fundraising, you can't go through a third party like Extra Life without tagging your account or that stream as having branded yeah. content. So yeah. yeah. They, and then they are threatening to suspend your account if you repeatedly ignore this starting on July 1st. So I really hope that nothing else changes. They don't start adding things back into this. But I am very happy that everyone gave them an absolute shitstorm over it because I I I was surprised to see that they were even considering doing this. Like they went beyond considering they actually did it. It's mm -hmm. insane. Like they just don't value streamers, which is their whole platform. Yeah, it's it smells like somebody from Amazon wanting it to does. what goes. Why isn't that number going up? That number should go up and just point it like some revenue number. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. These other numbers are high. Why isn't that number go? You know, yeah, and not it, understanding the platform. It's yeah. uh, it's shitty. That's for sure. It's real gross. It's like icky. I said, when I, whenever I decide to come back to streaming, you know, when I, I have five minutes in my day, I'm seriously debating going to YouTube. Um, not only for the fact that this stuff happens, but, YouTube now has better encoders than Twitch does. So it's uh, it's definitely a, a thought in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then really fast, my last thing that I wanted to mention, if you are looking to break into the trucking industry and you haven't already played American Truck Simulator, you should because there are going to be a number of billboards within the game that feature recruitment ads from the transportation company Schneider National. Um, they'll be featuring employ employment opportunities for anyone interested, uh, where you can be directed to the specific website to apply for these jobs. Um, it's interesting. The developer of the game, SCS Software, says that this is in a trial phase, but they're basically kind of hinting that this might expand beyond American Truck Simulator into Euro Truck Simulator as well. Um, and they're happy to work with Schneider National because they're aware that there's a huge skilled driver shortage. So they're doing anything that they can to help. And most of the feedback I've seen, people seem to be okay with it, mostly because it's very in sync with the game itself. Um, 
But I don't know if you guys had thoughts on that, but I think it it could be interesting if this starts op inspiring a wave of other games to do this, where all of a sudden it's like every website you go on today, there's just a frame of advertisements around what yeah. you're trying to read. I don't ever want to I mean, see video games get to that point, but who knows? I think it's cool in an employment perspective. Mm -hmm. That's cool that like, oh, I like to drive trucks in my spare time on, on a video game. Now I can get paid to do that in real life. That's pretty awesome. I mean, yep. there's yep. there's pluses and minuses to it for sure. But the fact that folks could possibly earn a earn a living by seeing this advertisement in a game, I think that's pretty yeah. cool. That is very interesting. I'm not mad about it. It just makes me nervous that oh, other yeah, games are sure. going to start. Like you're walking down a path in, I don't know, World of Warcraft or something, and there's just billboards everywhere that are advertising like, random stuff. And you're like, where am I? Am I in a game again, or am I like, could, what is this? It, yeah. it could it could totally turn into ready player one right in, at any point yeah. so you gotta yeah. it's a slippery slope you just gotta yeah you gotta I, I was you gotta say, not go all out with it immediately agreed yeah and and for those of us that have been playing american truck simulator for a while there were a mod that put real life ads into the game so but like not ones at the uh oh i remember you mentioning that actually I yeah think. Not that not once the company's paid for and made money off of, <laughs> right? But but like, because for those of you that play American Simulator without the mods, it's all like fake stuff that's like very wink wink, nod nod, like mm -hmm. Walberts. Yeah, you know, it's one of the stores you deliver to. Um, you know, and isn't there, you could, isn't there like a Disney World or Disneyland? Yeah, you like advertisements for all that that are sort of like wink wink. It's not really you know this but it's that and then there are a bunch of mods that just basically put no we know that that's a u-haul truck like yeah you know not whatever fake name you gave it or like the brown delivery vehicles were called you know something else in ups but but yeah i think it gets very dirty as you guys said when it starts being you know advertisements that rotate and try and sell products instead of just trying to make the world more immersive yeah um there was a thin line in burnout paradise for that um, thank God the remaster and all that um, stops it from happening um, because, you know, they can't, it, it's hard to put all those ads back into the game, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, it's more generic now, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's the slippery slope thing in terms of, you know, ads. So, yep. That's all I had for news. All right. Uh, well, uh, the big, uh, event that took place um, this time of year usually um, was uh, E3, uh, but now that is dead, and um, in its place is the Summer Game Fest. Not games. I've been, I say, I've been wanting to say games all the time, but it's just singular. Summer Game Fest. Um, hosted by one Jeff Keighley. Um, to celebrate it, I wore my uh, Key 3 shirt to work um, the other day. And, uh, yeah, so... Before we get into um, what we're doing with this, um, we have a little special way we're going to go through the games here. Um, I, I just want if anybody has any general thoughts um, on the conference, because um, I'll start with mine. And if you guys don't have anything, we can just skip to the game. Um, I have something. Yeah, but go ahead. It, yeah, the, the general conference, it just felt, you know, a little underwhelming um, to me in the sense that a lot of the stuff that came out for the most part, was things we kind of knew or have seen a lot before. Um, 
there wasn't any outside of the grand finale. There wasn't any real big like um, news, at least from my perspective, um, that are like mainstream big news events um, that occurred. Um, maybe the Nick Cage thing would have been something, you know, if it didn't leak. But you know, it, it didn't seem like anything really hit, um, you know, top level, you know, casual game people um, level. Um, which probably tells you why E3 fell apart a little bit, because um, I don't think there's any use for, for this anymore um, if, if you can just spread it out throughout the year. But yeah, that's just my general thought on the press conference itself. Jonathan, what did you have? They call it Summer Game Fest because there's only one game that I care about, and that's Remnant 2. <laughs> very excited that got a release date. <laughs> yeah, like that was the one thing. Is just, there are very specific things that people can get excited about, but there wasn't that earth-shattering, like, you know, out of nowhere, you know, big thing to make you go, wow. And you would hope two years into these console cycles, they would drop a game that would do that. Um, I eliminate Final Fantasy because it, the wow is more... The holy fuck, they put a lot of things from the 1997 game into this, you know, high-res high PS5 version. Um, unless that it's anything new, if I'm making my point correctly with that. But, um, yeah, so let's go through it. We'll save, obviously, the Final Fantasy talk for the end, because that'll probably be the one we'll one to discuss the most. Um, so I'll just go through. Um, for anybody wanting to follow along, I'm on the, the IGN breakdown of everything. Um, um, obviously there's many things I'll probably jump over and if I do jump over something that you guys want to talk about just go back to but so the game we're going to play is um, talk about a game and if we don't have much to talk about it um, we're each going to rate whether we're going to buy it day one we're going to wait for the reviews before buying it um, we don't care about it or as Jonathan greatly put our bottom category LMAO no <laughs> yep and My you favorite. know yeah, that, that, that is the perfect way to sum up when you're watching these events and you see something that you have totally no interest in. So let's start off with something uh, that's a little big, but we've seen a ton of it over the last two weeks. Um, you know, Spider-Man 2 gets its release date. Um, did you guys know there's two Spider-Men in this and that's why it's called Spider-Man 2? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they, they made a point to make that again for the third time um, <laughs> since this has been announced. Um, and also Venom's in it. Guys, remember Venom? I remember um, Venom. So um, it gets its release date, October 20th. I fun of it, but I'm going to buy it the first day. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, just because uh, it was my game of the year, I'm probably day one purchase as well on this. Uh, but just to get the news out there, the release date is October 20th um, of this year. So, um, Jen, Jonathan, where do you fall? Spider-Man 2. Um, my response is LMAO no. But because Dan won't buy me a PlayStation 5. <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah, my answer is I don't care because I'm not going to buy a PlayStation 5. <laughs> there you go. Well, I guess Good that makes sense. It's the, the two of us in this group. <laughs> and, and the funny part is I think we both bought it for the same specific game. Tom. 100%. We bought, it, we, we bought it for the same game because we found out when it was coming out. And we said, and we, yep, we got to get it yeah. before then. Yeah, so... So inside baseball a little bit with that. Me and Tom were literally in a messenger thread back and forth <laughs> trying to figure out tricks and trips. It, tricks and tips. Jesus, I can't talk. Um, on how to beat the system to get one. So that was a fun, like, three weeks. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so the next game to pop on this list is uh, they're bringing back Prince of Persia in like a two and a half D format as called Prince of Persia, the lost crown um, coming out next year. Um, my quick synopsis uh, before we get into our ratings if, and if anybody else was add, um, I think it fails in being both a throwback to the 2D version of the original games and also the Great Sands of Time game and the 3D version by doing a sort of two and a half D. It kind of it kind of doesn't feel impressive to me from when I watched it. But then again, maybe over time it will. Um, mm -hmm. I will wait for the reviews on this one. Um, I don't know about you guys. I don't care. Uh, I don't care either because I think that the style of it is dumb. I don't yeah. like the 2D style. I'm waiting for reviews because I like the original Prince of Persia. Yeah, yeah. I want to see if it's it's better than my initial gut feeling. That's why my wait for reviews. Um, so the next one up is Mortal Kombat One uh, because for those of you who don't know, the basically the end of Eleven uh, was basically uh, the timeline got reset and all that that shit. Um, or whatever the fuck that story was. Um, <laughs> but now it's Mortal Kombat 1 um, uh, with a whole new look. Still have the X-ray stuff. A lot of gory finishers. Uh, characters look great. From everything I've heard, the fighting feels amazing um, in it compared to even the previous Mortal Kombat games. Um, uh, for this one, it slightly falls in a... Um, I fall between waiting for reviews and don't care just because... I, my brain wants me to get into fighting games and like fighting games, but I haven't really gotten into or even tried to learn one since uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Uh, so, but it's one of those things I keep wanting to get into. But um, if it yeah. turns out to get like nine and a half out of tens, maybe I'll try it. How is this not a, a day one purchase for you? Jean-Claude Van Damme is playing uh, Johnny Cage. Mm -hmm. uh, because it would be at this point honestly a waste of money for me because I have no a nobody personally to play it with. And, <laughs> you and don't want to go I online for online. that game. <laughs> Do not uh, never play online. Um, yeah, I would. I would get destroyed online. So I'd have yes. zero fun um, with this game, um, and I would probably have to put it on easy in the story mode and just be bored to tears. Um, with it, but um, are you a don't care, Jonathan, or are you a fighting game guy? I don't care. I don't, and I don't yeah. care about the next one either. Okay. Well, we're probably going to skip over that, but um, yeah, Jen, did you ring in, or? Uh, this is one I'm excited for. I can't say it's going to be a day one purchase, because I doubt that I'm going to purchase a day one, but I'm between day one and waiting for reviews. I think I'm definitely going to get it. Um, I liked the Jean-Claude Van Damme story yeah. that Ed Boon told where they've been yeah. trying to get him for years and years because he was a major inspiration behind Mortal Kombat. Um, I think it looks great. The graphics look incredible. The maps look great. Um, and the cameo system's cool. And uh, the costume design looks really nice. And the finishers, of course, they look amazing. So I'm excited for it. I'm not a big fighting game person either, but um, this and uh, oh, what was the other one that I've talked about before with the boob physics? With uh, Dead or Alive. Yes, thank you. Wow. Dead or Dead Alive. Or alive. They're, they will always hold a special place in my heart. So I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait. Yeah, so so the next announcements will just match together. You, Apparently, you, you, skip, you skip me, but I'm just going to oh, say LMAO <laughs> no. Oh, I thought you, I, to be honest, Tom, I thought you chimed in when I was on my rant. Nope. So, <laughs> that's my nope. fault. <laughs> um, and we all know why this is an LMAO <laughs> nope for you. Yep. Yeah. Um, for those of you that watch the Mortal Kombat, the, uh, Mortal Kombat, the Resident Evil 2 stream. 
Um, so we'll just mix the next two together. Fortnite's getting Optimus Prime, and for some reason, he's the same size as every other Fortnite character. This makes me hate Fortnite more than I already hated it. Let's move um, on. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> and then uh, Sonic Superstars. Um, I am always game for... Um, uh, I'll probably put a waiting for review just for the sense that um, Sonic um, is a game I always want to like every time a new one comes out. And I just wait for the reviews for someone to tell me it's a piece of dog shit or if it's the goat. Um, and then I decide if I'm purchasing it or not. But so, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on either of those games before we move on to the actual next announcement. I'm excited uh, to see speedruns of Sonic. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I'll, I'll be myself. waiting for review myself. Um, LMAO, no for Fortnite, and don't care for Sonic. Sorry. Yeah. It looks yeah, cool. So, yeah, so the uh, next big announcement is... Uh, I, I'm just going to say I am um, probably won't pre-order or anything like that, but I will be close to a day one purchase on Alan Wake 2. Um, I really, really liked Alan Wake. Um, Control was my game of the year when it came out. Um, the only one I haven't played is Quantum Break, and I think it's just because that is the fucking TV episodes in it. And I don't want to just sit and watch a TV episode for 22 <laughs> minutes while playing a game. It's on Game um, Pass, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Game Pass. But I, I also don't want to sit through and watch a literal TV show for 22 minutes in the middle of, of gameplay. Um, I, I, if you're going to do that, you need to have Kojima weirdness. I was just going to say, don't you play Kojima games? Yes. <laughs> you, need, you need to give me a little mech that can roll around during the scene. I see. Um, okay. I, essentially, my attention span to that stuff is like in those new TikTok videos where they have a serious video on top and then the bottom is just some sort of random <laughs> phone game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's basically my attention span for those, those cutscenes um, that go that long. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. But I am excited because only for the main reason that I want to see they started doing it in control. Um, and just making it that all three of those games are in the same universe. Alan That's Wake, cool. Quantum Break, and, you know, Control. They, they have things called AWEs, which, you know, you, if you follow a certain quest line, um, you figure out what AWE stands for. Um, and uh, that was how you got the connection to that all the games were in the same universe. There's also some mention to the Quantum Break characters, but I wouldn't have caught that because I didn't play it, but... Yeah, so day one, close to a day one purchase for me, just depending on what else comes out around it um, and whether I have the funds to do it because it looks like it is coming out a little bit after NYCC. So, mm. you know, we might yeah. be a little short on funds for a little bit there. Yeah. Um, I'll just jump uh, in really quick and say that I'm in the same boat as you, Mark. Um, although I've never played Alan Wake at all. And I didn't know Control was the same, you know, the same uh, developer, I'm assuming. Yep, yeah, um, Remedy. Yep. yeah, and Max Payne. And Max, and Max Payne. Payne. Yeah, I've never played any of these games. I mean, Control, Dan always yells at me because I still haven't played it. But, you know, that's another story. Um, I think it looks really cool. I like the horror elements to it. So I'm going to keep my eye on it. If not a day one purchase, it'll be very shortly after day one, yeah, I think. You, you would be much more of an Alan Wake person than a Control person. Yeah. Just to let you know. Okay. They have two different vibes. To Good them. to know. Um, but yeah, so but sort of the same vibe. It's kind of a weird thing. You'll you'll see it when you play them. It's the same but different. Got it. Yeah. So Alan Wake um, is very interest a very interesting game, except the gameplay uh, mechanic kind of is terrible. Um, like feels bad to play. 
but you should at least watch a Let's Play because there's a lot of really interesting stuff and the mechanics are interesting conceptually, just not fun to do. Mm. I just hope yeah. that playing this new game isn't going to be like, oh, well, if you didn't play Alan Wake, you kind of don't get these references. So maybe I will if you have read time. any Stephen King book in your life, then you're caught. <laughs> I'll up. just know. OK, you, you got it. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't care. And then and then next up for me is a day one purchase right away. Like a dragon guy, Dan. Um, I like all the Yakuza stuff. Sorry, Mark. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> what? Guy, guy Dan, he, he's talking Gaiden. about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gaiden. Gaiden? Okay. <laughs> Not Guy Dan. <laughs> guy Dan is Jen's husband. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just going to be called that forever. I couldn't say tips and tricks earlier. You think I was going to get that no, word I out know. correctly? This is just in the vein of you saying, talking about the Dragon Warrior games. Oh, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, this series, um, you know, uh, I will I will purchase day one. Because um, I, I really, I, I, I dabbled around with them before they got really into zero when it came out, then played seven, and I've been going back trying to get through the other games, even though I played a little bit of each and every one of them. Um, them being on Game Pass really helped um, for that. So I would be a, a day one purchase for this. Obviously, when we when I say day one purchase, and we all say day one purchase, it comes down to um, obviously financial situation at the time. Um, we're just going to assume when we say day one purchase here, we means we have the funds um, yeah. at that point in time. Um, but yes, if I have the funds and able to do it, I will buy it day one. Um, am I the big Yakuza fan here or Yakuza? Which, uh, whichever yeah, I, one I, you want to say. I don't, I don't care. care. But yeah. I'm happy for you, Mark. Yes, I'm happy you have another one coming out, but I don't James care. Are, James are so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, all right, so next up, uh, I guess we can kind of go through the next couple, but uh, yeah. Star it's Trek Infinite. Late. It's getting yeah. late. We got to go faster through these. There's L so many LMA, left. LMA, oh no, for Star Trek and for Toxic Commando. Yeah, I'm just going through this. Um, I, I will wait for reviews for Toxic Commando. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's a John Carpenter. Yeah. I'll see how it is. Um, uh, I guess I'll skip all the way down to Tom. Did the ever, uh, I don't know if everybody needs to chime in. Um, maybe, but um, the Ever Crisis trailer, did that do anything for you? Day one purchase. Yeah. I already, yeah. I pre, I did the pre sign up thing already. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see Tom play a gotcha game. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to hate it, but it's <laughs> no, it's the opposite. It's um, gotcha games are usually uh, like incredibly tightly designed RPGs with really interesting mechanics because um, that's how they hook the free to play people. And you need those free to play people in order to also like keep, um, attract the whales and whatever. Yeah. So they tend to be like really hard, really um uh, like really interesting RPGs, so uh, that's why I'm fascinated. What you think? I will. I will let everybody know once I. Be, this should be also be interesting because I bought a, uh, a backbone for my phone, the oh, backbone nice. controller. So I'm hoping that it's that it works with it, and yeah. it'll be something I could play like before I go to bed, like when I would normally be sitting in bed right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um. So I skipped down to um. Anybody have any thoughts on Path of Exile or two? Nope. 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 Don't care. All right. Uh, I do want to mention one thing that comes right after this. We don't 
talk long, but I find it funny that Street Fighter, that Exo Primal is getting a Street Fighter 6 DLC thing, just because it was the most ridiculous. I couldn't tell if this was a Street Fighter 6 um, thing or an Exo Primal thing or which way the cross promotion was going. I just really liked when it, I, it gave me a good laugh watching the, the podcast. Um, so next one, um, I am definitely waiting for reviews on Lies of P. I don't know where you guys stand. Uh, I'm uh, also same waiting for reviews. Same I don't thing. even remember the trailer. That's the Pinocchio. Oh, game. Pinocchio. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> or, or, I don't care. Or, or shitty Timothy Chalamet, as I've heard yes. someone call him. I don't care. I don't really. I don't think Souls like games mm-hmm. are really for me. Yep. We have no Warhammer fans here. I what? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was bait for Jonathan, by the way. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm very excited for Space Marine 2. I, I, I like just... Space Marine 1, and I was hoping that y'all would do it as one of the Wednesday co-op streams. Yeah. If it comes to Game Pass, maybe, but I'm not buying Warhammer. Okay. <laughs> I've never played Warhammer. It's yeah. uh there's a lot of there's a lot of lore to Warhammer that I don't have any interest in. The lore doesn't matter, but Space Marine 1. Um, it was a game that got like middling reviews, but then it was incredibly influential to all third person shooters after that. It's the one that introduced the execute an enemy to regain your health mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like interesting guns and combining melee and gun combat and stuff like that. So um, it's like a, a surprisingly important game that people don't talk about very much. So that's why I'm excited for yeah. um, Space Marine 2. Um, to see what they do with this. I'm really glad that I caught you paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me see if I'm going to blow past this. I was about throw down with Mark. <laughs> I um, yeah, a lot of camera stuff, but this one in particular, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, Jen, um, mm. I will be joining your streams again on July 25th, <laughs> um, playing as my new survivor, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Were you so happy that he showed up in person? Oh, that was such, that was my favorite segment. I actually got excited about it. And I, because, you guys know how I feel about Nick Cage. Because unlike the Keanu thing, um, where that was cool and that was great, the no, you're beautiful mm-hmm. or you're wonderful or whatever he yells back at the you're crowd. You're beautiful. You can tell Nick Cage was really trying to sell this mm-hmm. and in only a way Nick Cage could do it. Um, where he was like, you could tell that he did it because he wanted to do it. Oh yeah, you know, but and and but he was too overly excited trying to do it, and he just you know doing Nick Cage stuff while on stage, which was great. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, I will. The first stream that he is available, I will join your streams for yeah. it to play as uh, Nick Cage. My new. I parent. I will say LMAO no to buying Nick Cage as a skin, but I am obviously day one to experience it. I will, um, I, I, will, I will bite that bullet for you, Jen. Yeah, I, thank you. I can, also, I, I can also gift it to you through stream. Ooh. No. See, I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked how into it he was, like you just said. Yeah. Um, he said his family member is really into DVD, so when they reached out to him, he was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And he's apparently like a nerd and really excited yeah. to be in the gaming industry, so I respect yeah. that. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was my favorite part about it, was that it, was, it seemed like genuine excitement. Um, oh, from him. don't forget, he said anyone that purchases his skin, you will be one with him. With him. <laughs> so keep that in mind, Mark. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel I am already one with him. Um, Jen, you're a vegetarian because of the same reason as Nick Cage, right? And so you're already one with him that way. 
Oh God, what is his reason? I don't know it. Uh, he only eats animals who have uh, what is it, distinguished sex or something I like that? I thought it was dignified sex. Dignified <laughs> sex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know well, what that means. Ask your husband. He's the one who told. He's the one who told everybody what. Okay. What about this. will do right yeah. after this. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm excited for Yes, Your Grace sequel. Wait for reviews. Um, I enjoyed the first game a whole bunch. Um, I don't know if anybody that. else even experienced it or have any thoughts on it. Uh, I am not interested. And I, I saw it and I was like, "Is this a real game? This just does doesn't look real." I think it looks like garbage. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's the point. It's supposed to look like garbage. Oh. I mean, yeah, it just looks. Yeah, I don't get why you have a beautiful background and then pixel characters like that. Yeah, that that's was the cool. one. That the I, I think everything was pixelated in the last game, mm -hmm. um, and sort of matched. Um, but yeah, the, the storyline thing is pretty pretty cool. Um, so um, that's why I'm excited. Um, let's see, and then uh, so I will hand the next one over to Jonathan. <laughs> Remnant uh, 2, uh, LMA, LMAO, no, right, John? <laughs> very funny. Um, no, uh, Remnant <laughs> 1 was my game of the year, the year it came out. Um, the pitch, general pitch, is that it's Dark Souls with guns, but also it has procedurally generated, generated levels, and so you essentially get to play the same character forever, um, continually leveling up and stuff, but you fight different bosses and get different loot and stuff like that um each time you go through the same world um so i'm extremely excited for remnant 2 yeah i will i will definitely put this on a way for reviews thing um and if that review means jonathan then that will be <laughs> my review um yeah so uh there's a cute doggo on the front mm, here, Jen. i was just um, gonna ask if i could be the doggo or pet the doggo maybe but i, I don't know anything they about said it. that you always have a dog companion or something i like, like that, that. In this one. all right just like move that. up the day one purchase for Jen. <laughs> all of a sudden it's mine <laughs> yeah that was the reason you didn't go day one with monster hunter because it was cats right yep but then when they came out with the um oh my palamutes god the dogs palamutes yeah. thank you hi <laughs> the palamutes got me back um, yeah, since we're, since we're getting through this, I just want to say um, I like what I've seen from Immortals of of Avrium. Avium, that's it. That it, um, it looked like it looked like Destiny with magic. Yeah. Oh, it's like Destiny meets Subnautica. Yes. Yeah. 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 Subnautica. Meh. Yeah. Subnautica. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and Under the Waves is is um, published by Quantum Dream, so I'm wondering if it's in the same vein or if they just published the game. Um, in terms of what their games are like, um, my niece is really excited about the um, the things they showed for the, uh, the the that Star Rail game because at this point in the night I'm not even gonna Honkai <laughs> Star Rail. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's I can't wait for you to try the next one, Mark. What? Les Fanga? Yes. Oh, he did it. <laughs> he did it. Well, well, uh, behind the curtain, Jonathan said the name off stream. Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I don't know if I would have gotten it looking at it the first time. Yeah, that's a tough um, one to look at. I, I'm yeah. waiting for reviews on this one, but this that was the, one of the only games that kind of uh, I, really caught my attention. Was the I fact may be close that, to yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a hack and slash. It's kind of like Hades, so you, I feel like you guys would be right in on that. But it also, I guess. It's a roguelike in the sense that if you, I guess, if you die or if you if you run out of time, the next day you go in, you're fighting alongside your 
previous self, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and you can have many previous selves. Mm -hmm. So that was good. And um, Jen, day one purchase for Fay Farm? Um, waiting for reviews, but almost day one. I'm like kind of in between. <laughs> it looks really cute. <laughs> I've been looking at this for a while. <laughs> and it's coming to PC, so that's yeah. why it moved up for me. Jen, have yeah. you looked into any of the Atelier games? Mm, perhaps. Which which are some of those games? Um, well, they've all got Atelier in the name. Oh, and, no, um, probably not. Okay. Uh, in all of them, they're RPGs where you play an alchemist. Mm -hmm. um, like a, a woman who is an alchemist. And um, it's similar vibes to this. I love the vibes that I'm getting from this already. So I'll check those out too. Yeah. Yeah, so um, next, uh, I'm not really, I don't, uh, you know, with the MM, you know, massive RPGs. Um, so Throne in Liberty, um, I like the cool deer horse thing or whatever that was in the trailer. But I probably will just say don't care because I can't really get into those games. So, yeah, I don't yeah. remember the trailer, so I don't care either. It's um, so this is a new MMO RPG by NCSoft, which are the people that make Guild Wars, which yeah. is not one of the biggest MMOs, but has been like really well regarded for a long time. So I'm curious about this one because I feel like a lot of the Elder Scrolls people I play with are probably going to um, check it out. And if they do, then I will. Yeah. And last but not least, I know two of us are saying day one purchase, probably pre-order um, for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming early 2024. Oh, I've, already, I've, already been look I've already been looking for the, uh, the where to purchase yeah, that would have been funny. I should have done a party animal show. Damn it! <laughs> I was I was there with you, and then. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, Tom, uh, before I go into my quick thoughts, um, did you have any like emotional reactions to any of the reveals of the towns in this trailer? As soon as they showed Junin, I was like, "Wow, I can't wait to play this." Uh, and the Chocobo Farm, I love yep. the Chocobo. Okay, farm. Yeah. yeah, I liked that too. Yeah, it, it took me second watch of the trailer to realize what that was, um, just because I was like so in awe of how good the game looked um, in, in what they showed before that. Um, and the fact that they're, you know, um, actually doing what they can to try to, to give you the same type of experience of the world. Um, and it only took second viewing for me to notice the little sign above the barn um, for that. But yeah, it looks like they're. Looks like they're doing the Dix 2 thing that everybody was rumoring. I, I when I posted my response on uh, on Twitter, I, I should I wanted to put hashtag two two discs. Yeah, because <laughs> that, yeah, that seemed to be the only thing anybody cared about was the fact that it was yeah. going to be on two discs. And and that just means that they're basically just going to do most of the second disc. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure the rest like of the first one of the discs. discs I'm sure disc. one of the discs is just going to be like the assets and stuff yeah like the hd assets and stuff so yeah i'm sure it's yeah. not two full discs worth of gameplay yeah so my couple of predictions for this i don't know if tom wants to jump in with any quick ones um i think you're going to meet every character except vincent um in this because i think he's going to have like the yuffie treatment um in terms of a dlc um and i think it basically runs all the way up to when the weapons show up and you know, Northern Crater and all that stuff. Um, yeah. My my prediction, my hot take prediction is that you will get to play as Zach in this game. There you go. 
that was, I didn't want to dive deep into theories, but I think there's going to be split gameplay in this. Yeah. Um, to where that's, you're I'll leave it at that. I don't want yeah. to go too down, too far down the rabbit yeah. hole. But yeah. yeah. But yeah. Once, once they showed a couple of the things in there that are a little bit later in, in the disc one to this two, oh my God, they're just going to do that. And then they're just going to make, you know, the end game so much bigger than it, you know, just one dungeon like it was in the, in the original. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Very excited. Um, just from production value and, and the slight changes in story to see if they're really changes in the story or if Sephiroth's just fucking with him. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, really excited about this and was um, happy to see it. Um, I did have some fun watching Maximilian Dude watch this because oh, he yeah. freaks out like, he, a, he, like a fangirl. He freaked the F out. I loved it. <laughs> but, I, watched, uh, I think I watched that video twice because I was in, enjoying his reaction so yeah. much. Yeah, so hopefully this falls in the same window as Remake and um, Integrate did last year. So that's a good time period um, to be able to play it over a summer and all that. So, all right. So that was Summer's Games Fest. Um, real quick, I want to go around one point of something you want to see from Xbox, um, you know, or, or something for the rest of the weekend because there's multiple uh, things still going on. Um, is there something you haven't seen yet that you're interested in? Um, and then we can move on to Retro Roulette. So um, I'll start. Um, I really want to, um, I'm as much as I'm one of those guys that like, you know, once I know I'm buying something, I don't really need to see much of the trailers. I stopped watching tears of the kingdom stuff. Um, I am, I'm really down and want to watch that Starfield trailer to see it or, or segment, um, so they can, um, see, you know, how far they're going with it and all that stuff. Um, just get a little more deep dive into it. And I think we're going to find out, um, you know, that that it's it's much more insane than we think it is in terms of scope, and which means the jank uh, could be off the charts for <laughs> it. Um, but I don't know if you guys have any other uh, thoughts for the upcoming stuff. Uh, I need to see the new Forza. Uh, if they don't talk about it here, I'll be very confused because it's been in the works for since the Xbox came out. So. I'm hoping that we'll see at least a release date for the yeah, new sports of motorsport. A new motorsport, yeah. Yeah. So um the at the PlayStation event, like whatever was it last week? Yeah. Um they PlayStation showed all of these trailers that all ended with coming to PS5 or coming to PS5 and PC. And then afterwards, um Xbox tweeted out a picture that says, wow, look at this um, wonderful lineup of games. And it was all of the games that were in that showcase that are also coming to Xbox, but Sony <laughs> just didn't let them say that. Um, and so what I am looking forward to is um, all of the stuff that's in this showcase that is not going to PS5 because Xbox is not competing on exclusive games, but Sony is. And so if Sony loses in like number of ex exclusive games when that's supposed to be their selling point. Ah, oh, that will be wonderful to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been here for the petty with all that mm -hmm. Activision, <laughs> Xbox, PlayStation stuff. So I feel it. I feel that, Jonathan. Uh, Jen. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kojima's overdose game, I don't know if that's going to be the final title, but that horror game that was leaked yeah. last year, I'm, I'm looking forward to more information on that. And hopefully a definite title. 
and that'll probably be uh, hopefully at the Xbox because I think it's an exclusive. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that. it's an exclusive with them. So hopefully more information on that I would be interested in seeing. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, I'm glad that we delayed a week so we could get, have this discussion here, especially with the rebirth stuff that came out. Um, couldn't hold off to get everything in, but um, yeah, just let us know on Twitter at GameballPod if you um, how wrong we were about what we were looking forward to and the Xbox conferences sucked and, um, you know, Starfield looks like a piece of crap. Uh, feel free to let us know on Twitter. Um, yeah, so moving on. Um, and one of the reasons Jonathan is here, um, our retro roulette game uh, was uh, Ocarina of Time from The Legend of Zelda. Um, I'll, I'll go first, as, as I always do as I introduce this. Um, so Ocarina um, probably definitely sits... I, now with Tears of the Kingdom out, I have a definitive top five before the cliff falls off um, in terms of games I like um, for, for uh, Zelda. Um, you know, Ocarina has always been in the top four um, for me. Um, it, it was one of the first games um, that I beat on my own without watching someone else play the game first. Um, even though I beat Link to the Past before ever playing Ocarina of Time, I watched my dad play that game completely so i knew a lot of the tips the tricks and all before um jumping in myself but ocarina um i played through um on my own um i got the i think the closest i came to a strategy guide was i think game informer put one out um that wasn't as detailed as like the bradley games or prima or prima or you know any of those um and and got a bunch of stuff um through there uh but Ocarina is is a good game in the sense that um, it is totally wide open um, in a sense that wasn't really around, um, you know, at the time, um, and especially in, in that genre. Uh, and the one thing I'll compare it to is, and it goes back to something Tom said about uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, the good thing about Ocarina is that it did a good job of pointing you in the right direction a lot. And wasn't as much freedom as, as you know, uh, the last two installments have been. Um, and it made you want to keep playing. It was, you know, very, you know, linear in the sense that you went from A to B to C to get your stuff. And since you found weapons inside dungeons, um, you couldn't advance to certain parts without going through, you know, the trial first. Unlike Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where you can literally beat the game in an hour and a half if you're skilled enough to beat Ganon with or Ganondorf or however they're going to do the ending um, with three hearts. Um, and, you know, that that's one of the main trade-offs. And um, it, this game introduced a lot of people um, uh, to the to the series and also set its style um, for the rest of time. Um, because every iteration of Link from here on out has some kind of resemblance or throwback to um ocarina of times uh link but um yeah it's one of my probably top 10 overall games of all time um on the favorites list um top four zelda um and yeah yeah so yeah let the zelda fan um get out of the way first um yeah so let's go um yeah let's 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 go to jen um and then we'll let, we'll let Dan and John, or, um, Tom and Jonathan fa- finish it out. So, Jen? Okay. 
Um, I was really, really pumped when Tom said that we were going to play Ocarina um, for this Retrolet because I really love that game. Um, this is coming from someone who doesn't look at it through nostalgia goggles either because the first time I played this was in 2020. Um, I mean, I love everything about it from, you know, like you just said, like the somewhat open world concept to the music, um, the dungeon puzzles, even the overly sexual fairies. Just, it's weird. It's perfect. It gets it gets worse in later games. As we I'm all know. sure it does, yeah. Um, and I also, I always like to think about this game when I'm thinking of, you know, the... Um, when you become an adult and you you go into the town and it, everyone's you know real creepy and and I don't remember what undead's not the way to put it but there's just that like creepiness yeah the creepiness factor of that I I appreciate it even more for that the first time I played it I was like whoa this is so much better now um, and it has its annoying camera angles and at times that was frustrating but I think that this game overall it it rivals. Breath of the Wild for my favorite game. Like I go back and forth and I can't really decide. I think I'm leaning more towards Ocarina than Breath of the Wild is saying my absolute favorite Zelda game. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. I, I love this game and I am currently playing through it again. Uh, I'm not done yet, but I'm having fun again. Yeah, so uh, um, yeah, but let's go to Tom because I know Jonathan's got a lot to say, so we'll let him finish out the segment. Tom. Yes, I I have to say Breath of the War, I mean, um, excuse me, Ocarina of Time was definitely more up my alley uh, as a game as opposed to like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. Like Mark was saying, this game kind of guides you a bit more, which is more of my my preference when it comes to a game like this. Um, it's simple now, but at the time it was still kind of revolutionary with it being... 3d and it kind of had a camera that you had to make work for you (laughs) it's it's funny because these games still had like the oh you can go into first person mode to to look around because they still hadn't figured out how to really make the camera work but um gameplay wise it it just works really well uh there's not really anything i can think of that was like oh yeah that really didn't work i don't I, i didn't like that um but it it tells you what you need to do. Uh, it kind of funnels you towards the things you need to get the job done, and uh, it lets you think you you <laughs> you accomplished it by by yourself, even though it kind of was funneling you towards towards the finish line, as as I I, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun, and I think that in my opinion. It's probably the best Zelda I've ever played. I know I'm probably going to get like hate mail because people are like, oh, Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom is so much better. But this one is one of, I have to say, this is probably the best one I've ever played. Right. Um, Jonathan, you wanted to be on the podcast for this (laughs) game. So I'll I'll leave the floor to you. Yeah. Um, So go ahead. um, My first thought is just, it is wild how this is basically the first third person uh or let me say these words in order triple a open world third person action game um it's basically the first one of those and at least 3d and um it's wild how little that things have changed since this game like modern ubisoft open world games 
are basically all of the same pieces as this game. And it's not like they've changed that much. Like the controls are different because you don't use an N64 controller, but um, you still lock on for a lot of the combat, right? Um, And go around the world collecting uh, collecting items and they're um, big open maps for you to run between places. And it's annoying how far you have to run and stuff like that. It's basically the same thing. Um, The... I also <laughs> joked that this was the first Souls game. Um, Ocarina of Time comes up kind of a lot in like the Souls community because um, I, I mean, basically, again, this oh, this is not a Souls game, and Dark Souls is not a Zelda game. But there's a lot of overlap here again with um, being third-person action games that are focused on you locking on an enemy. And time, um, the combat is about timing your attacks instead of doing like complicated combos or anything like that, and um, learning enemy patterns and whatever. So, um, yeah. the Dark Souls yeah. game also have a lot of lineage with this. Go ahead. Yeah, and even with the sense of large bosses that have a specific way that you need to learn how to beat them to do it effectively. Yeah, I mean, it's sense. not it's not throw a bomb down their mouth. Um, yeah, it, it's it much more simplistic yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's it, it's back then it was still almost full-blown a kid's game um, uh, before the whole Wind Waker thing occurred. Um, And they realized that the audience is probably a little older than they were thinking. But yeah, no, I agree with with your points in terms of that's why um, on my list, this is always a solid number two of of my all time because everyone knows what number one is on my list. Um, So um, it's, it's because it's the, I put it this way, the, t- the top two games are the ones I can keep going back to. And until I heard this uh, slight argument without hearing the full thing from Jonathan about the Dark Souls thing, um, I didn't understand why I kept liking to go back to Ocarina of Time um, in the sense that it, it was very much just a, a early trimmed down version of those type of games um, that I do enjoy despite not being very good at them. Um, so it, it's it's my way of taking some of the skills I get to uh, translated over, um, and you don't really think about that, but yeah, yeah, I can. It, it's 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 amazing the legacy this game is held in both Zelda and video games at large, and it's not until you like bring it up and start thinking about it um, that you know you realize it. Like you know, you can to to most casual you know people around our age and at that time, you know, you can easily have the conversation about Mario sixty four and its revolutionary stuff, um, but then. They won't even think of Zelda outside of being a Zelda game, and um, I, I do think that is wrong. Um, I don't mean if I cut off Jonathan. I don't know if you had anything there, because um, oh. I do like hearing your your thoughts on this. Um, I just had two last things I wanted to say. Um, one is um, I had I remember having so much trouble with this kid or with this game when I was a kid because the game has really awful in-game hints. Um, you, I don't. I kind of like that there aren't waypoints and that you just like people tell you where to go and they give you like descriptive directions and whatever. And Tears of the Kingdom is the same way, right? Yeah. Yeah. However, um, I feel like or the thing that is frustrating with Ocarina of Time is somebody will tell you a thing directions or they will say like, oh, you need to go get the sword. But then they don't tell you where the sword is and you can't ask anyone literally anywhere in the world. Hey, where can I find a sword? Um, and you also can't, uh, ask them to like repeat their dialogue. So you 
kind of need a walkthrough or you need to have like a notebook where you are constantly writing down basically everything anyone says that seems yeah. important. Um, you, contrary to that kind of, when I was playing it this time, I was playing the 3DS version, um, but uh, I actually had more trouble. One, I had trouble in the Deku tree because I had watched Mark's stream and I was like, well, the giant spider web in the beginning, I was like, well, obviously you should burn it with the stick that you just got. Yeah. But that's not what Mark did. And so I was like, oh, I guess that's not how you solved that puzzle. And then later on, there's a second spider web. And I was like, how the hell am I supposed to um, get through this? Because I can't jump. Um, I can't jump attack it. And then the answer is you burn it with a torch with the stick that you just found. Yeah. Um, and then later on, I got really annoyed going to um, the Goron City. Because the walkthrough I was following, because I there was like one puzzle where like I needed some help with something. So then I just started following a walkthrough. And the walkthrough I was following said, don't go to Goron City. Go to um, go from Hyrule to the Lost Woods to get this um, one thing and then go to Goron's um, uh, Kakariko Village and then go to Goron City. And you get to Goron City and they say, hello, here's a shortcut to the Lost Woods so you can get the thing that you need. And I was like, why did this walkthrough have me backtrack instead of taking the shortcut? Yeah. Um, Somebody's messing with you. Yeah. And so <laughs> I I really wish that I hadn't followed a walkthrough or had any advice. It would have been much easier for me. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is my hot take is that Darksiders 1 is my favorite Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some people say, you know, the list top five Zeldas and put Dark Siders in there, and it's an it's an if you know you know, um, it's, sort of thing. You go into the first dungeon in Dark Siders one, and you um, see, oh, that's where I'm, or I can't get to that thing until I get the hook shot, and then you walk into the second room, and there's a crate you have to move so that you can climb onto a ledge, and it's it, it is it is just a Zelda game, like. I, yeah, it has all of the things that are in a Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, I have to go back and play Darksiders. I haven't played yeah. it since it came out. But uh, yeah, yeah, that Ocarina of Time, um, you know, is is you know top level game as we we've all said here. I probably have the hot take that I don't really like Majora's Mask um, as much as a lot of people do. Um, it's the one that took me the longest and struggled to finish. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I have Ocarina is one of the games that I had purchased in, in like three different places. Um, you know, I have the, the, the remaster, you know, uh, the, the 3D uh, one, you know, I have the original. Um, and then I believe if it was available on Wii, I bought every single Zelda thing that came to the Wii shop. Um, but yeah, yeah, Ocarina of Time, thumbs up. Um, so uh, let's get to the scores. Um, so I'll start out here. I mean, it's easy for me. It's five out of five. Um, probably one of the top 10 games of all time for me. Uh, so uh, everything, everybody mentioned, you know, you know, music, I still sometimes put on the soundtrack, um, when I'm trying to, you know, just relax, you know, while like trying to concentrate at work or something, I bounce between this and just about every other soundtrack or the lo-fi Zelda channel. Um, and you know, just the... Yeah, the only thing that really frustrated me going back, you saw on the stream, was I knew how to solve that puzzle. But the first couple times I tried it, it didn't work. The jumping down and hitting it, that I was like, oh, maybe I have to burn it. 
you know, sort of thing. So that frustrated me that I kind of knew what to do, but the game for some reason wasn't giving it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, five out of five for me, pretty easy. Uh, let's go to uh, Jen. Um, I'm also going to give it a five out of five. It is, like I said, it rivals Breath of the Wild for my favorite game. I'm pretty sure it is my favorite Zelda game. Um, it's just, it's amazing. And I would say if there are newer Zelda Zelda players who maybe have only played Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, um, I would highly recommend that you give Ocarina of Time uh, a chance because it is it is very well done. And, uh, and I love it. And I'm in the same boat, Mark. I and Dan, both of us listen to the soundtrack from this game all the time. Like whenever we're in a car, we usually will switch it on one of us and just jam out to it. So all right. Tom. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five just because, like I've said before, Zelda is not typically my bag, but this is probably the best one I've ever played. So I'm gonna give it a four and a half. All right. And Jonathan. I feel a lot better now um about giving it a four and a half out of five <laughs> as well. Um just because of the um, it it would be five out of five if it had an in-game journal of like the things people had said, or if you were able to like ask for directions. I, yeah. I agree, Jonathan. I'm with you. That that's yeah. one of my th- my biggest pet peeves about Zelda games is that yeah they yeah, don't you, give you any information. Yeah, it it doesn't bother me because I did the note taking that literally in a notebook, one of those old marble style notebooks. Um, uh, back when I was a kid, writing all that down because you know. I, something i do for games even to today um and we're probably also getting the shake fisted cloud old person of people that had to draw out their own original legend of zelda maps um <laughs> by hand on graph paper it was like i didn't even get a map um but anyway um yeah so that was ocarina of time um i honestly recommend playing any zelda all the time it, it, shocking i know uh but tom Let's find out what we have on the wheel this week. Well, Tom, as always, we tend to get a game that we mention or mention an adjacent of it at some point during the podcast. Would you like to tell the folks which game we got yes, today? Yes, we will, we will be playing Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the Sega Genesis. Music now, by Michael Jackson. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, Sonic 3 is probably the only one that I don't have a cool backstory to in terms of my sister kicking my ass at it um, because she had grown out of video games at this point. Uh, But I did own it and played it a lot as a child um, because until I got my Super Nintendo a little late, I was definitely a Sonic kid until I discovered the greatness of Super Mario World. Um, So I am excited to get back in there. Um, I remember that it starts off pretty quick with a pretty insane opening. Um, at least definitely for the time, um, there. So yeah, so we'll we'll be streaming that tonight. It'll be a little later, probably starting around ten o'clock, um, instead of our normal nine nine thirty ish range there. Um, and then um, yeah, I'm assuming uh, Jen, you'll be Wednesday. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, some uh VHS. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm gonna play it every chance I get now. <laughs> um yeah and then we'll um yeah we'll be back hopefully within the next week or so i will have more battery life or energy or whatever however you phrase it in tears of the kingdom um to have more fun with the stream i did have a little bit of fun but 
it was like sort of like uh, uh, didn't get much momentum because I couldn't really uh, do anything for more than 20 seconds. Uh, so hopefully I can get back to maybe popping that in every so often to show that off. Um, or maybe just running through post-game com- content when I beat it. Um, so, yeah, so look out for that. We'll be here tonight, Wednesday, for sure. Um, so thank you guys for joining me. Fun as always. Glad to be back. Jonathan, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Yep, yep. And, and you're welcome anytime if you have any passionate feelings about um, any of the Retro Roulette games that we play. Um, so... Yeah, so enjoy uh, the rest of Key 3 um, as we uh, go through the week here. Um, Xbox um, already aired, um, so hopefully you've watched through that. But um, we will be happy to be back with you in a couple weeks. So for Jen and Tom, I'm Mark, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye!